So the Buddha taught us to practice quality of mindfulness, attention, presence in the four postures. So this morning, it's just part of setting up being our retreat, I thought to just briefly talk about the other postures. So there are there is sitting, walking, standing and lying down. And it it's helpful to be familiar with each of these postures and everything in between, of course. But these postures because they each have a very different energetic and they can be sometimes very helpful to meet the the energy of your own body-mind. Maybe a different posture is more helpful. So we have this ongoing inquiry, one of my ongoing inquiries, is the sense of the Dharma is taught as medicine. And as we're practicing, as we're sitting, walking, standing, just to really have an inquiry into what medicine is needed. And it may be that a different posture is needed. As we know, if our backs are very bad, our knees are bad, it can help to stand up, lie down, walk, to change posture. So the encouragement in the retreat is to be responsive and reflective on this, respecting others in the hall, but knowing that it's not all about sitting still on a cushion. It's about the breadth of cultivation. So one of my the postures I see as most important is lying down. Now the etiquette in the hall is that we don't, you know, there's someone's sick, but we don't use this as a place to practice that posture. Um, and clearly, just simply because of space, it could get very congested and confusing. But you each have dwelling places, so my encouragement would be that you do use this posture, even if only at the beginning and end of a day. So it's, a, it's one of the hardest postures, because it's very hard to remain alert and connected. Yeah. Sometimes, actually, what we do need is a very good sleep. And that would be the case for many of you. But it's also to, to learn to be able to use the posture and remain awake. So, as I say, you have to know for yourself what is needed at a time. But you know, in, my, in my new work I was doing when I was in Australia, was with the palliative community. And if ever there'd been encouragement to practice lying meditation, it was that. Just knowing that when we're very sick and we're dying, most of us will be lying down. And what happens if you can't if you can't reflect, if your mind just goes completely out of control and you can't remain mindful and if you can 
a tremendous blessing. How liberating it can be. So I'm going to actually illustrate because otherwise everything's always just conceptual. So there are two positive ways of using line meditation. There's the classic <coughs> posture that the Buddha took when he was dying. So why I'm going to illustrate is because it's helpful to be deliberate in your posture. Right? So something in you knows, oh, yes, I'm doing line meditation. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So a bit like we use uh, a formal sitting posture, often mudras, no hand positions, that we we're just signalling to ourselves that oh this is what we're doing at this time. So classically you could lie like this, so the head is up on the hand. You'll see the Buddha's business in this posture. The hand the hand is along the right hand side of the body. Now, as you can see, this posture takes quite a bit of energy to keep the head up on the hand. And so at times that can be very helpful, but the other way to do it, of course, is to have the head on a cushion and just have the right hand under the head. And once again, you'll have seen images you know, of the Buddha in Parinibbana, like this. Yeah. So to, to take a, a deliberate posture, for some people this puts too much stress on their skeleton. If you've got, you know, each person will have to know for themselves, but most of us are of an age where we've got one thing or another that hurts. <laughs> the other way to do it is to lie with the legs slightly up or supported by a, a you know, bolster or cushion or something and the hands out. Right? Hmm. So choose something deliberate, I would suggest. Certainly in the beginning because the tendency is for the mind just to wander off. You know, the energy level um, lowers, the physical energy, and the mind can just scatter. And you know, most of you will know from having been sick just how hard it is to maintain mindfulness. The mind just goes everywhere. And to have cultivated a capacity in that posture is very helpful. It's not that if we're very sick, the mind won't go everywhere, but we can be present to that. We can start to see what's pushing the mind around. <coughs> so we start to wake up to what's going on. We're not, we're not in this experience people talk about of feeling completely overwhelmed and tortured by the thoughts that are going through their mind. The mind has just been completely overrun with anxiety. So to have the capacity to be present to that is liberating. We can, we can really know the conditions. So the other wonderful thing about line meditation 
is for most people, it has a lot less stress and strain in it. And so, if you find the mind tends to be agitated, sometimes taking that gentle, quiet posture just allows everything to settle. A while ago, we, Liza and I were teaching down in Wellington, and we did, and the white came at the end of the day, but a period of lying meditation at the end of the time, and one of the fellows present said, was only when he lay down that all the anger and frustration he had been carrying for weeks just dropped away and he could see, <coughs> you know, see what was going on. Something about the gentleness and kindness of the posture that he took allowed him to see. And so experiment with us. See whether it supports you Get familiar with it. The other primary posture in the meditation hall is standing meditation. So once again, this can be very helpful if your energy as a sitting starts to really drop because it takes more energy to stand. So please. So you're better to come forward off your sitting mat just because to have the stability of the floor is helpful. And we, we stand, once again, we, if we can, we take a slightly formal posture you know, just so that we have a sense of compose, composure. And the feet are about hip-width apart, knees slightly relaxed, we're standing in a way that the shoulders are open so that the whole chest is freed up. Relaxing the stomach, you know. This is not, this is different from a Tadasana yoga posture where you might, you know, hold the stomach here. This is relaxing so that the breath can be filled through the body. The arms are released you know, from the sides, we're not pinning them in. The neck, the head, just checking the alignment. Sometimes it helps just to tuck the chin a little. So you have a sense of the length of the back of the neck. Other people imagine a little string from the top of the head holding them up. So a sense of really being upright, available, standing. Strong, stable posture. And we feel the elemental quality of the body as we do in sitting, weight, body, pressure on the feet, on the earth. So the sense of our body standing on the earth. Earth meeting earth and the uprightness, the quality of the space around us, great so that quality of air and sky above us. So we're 
standing at this meeting place, this elemental experience, and whatever stress and strain occurs, we just keep breathing it out through the feet with this quality of relaxing, opening, coming more fully into presence. With your eyes, for some people they're comfortable with them closed, for others your balance is a bit uncertain, have them focused six or so feet in front of you, so the eye consciousness is not activated. Feeling the body. Keeping relaxing, any tension, any holding. Awake to what is present. Noticing what the different energetic is from sitting. The body tends to start tightening, the belly starts tightening, small of the back, it's notice. See if we can keep 
being here fully, relaxing to the present moment. Physicality of walking. 
and get to the end of the path, stop, compose the mind if it's wandered, and with intention we turn around, know what's happening, and when we're ready we begin to walk again. <coughs> so it has this measured composure, and we walk with this quality of nothing to do, nowhere to go. And walking typically frustrates the mind, walking between two places, between one place and another and going nowhere. So it's to keep relaxing that, noticing it. And I have an inquiry to myself as I'm walking, why can't I be here? And you just see how the mind tends to be trying to get away, the kind of habits of the mind, and to be consciously relaxing that into what's actually present. If it's frustration, it's frustration. If it can be the feel of the feet on the ground, it's that, the breath. And we guard the sense doors a little. So that the, as you know, the uh, eye consciousness pulls us way out and usually takes us into a lot of distracted thinking. So we keep the gaze within the frame of the path. And once again, you can experiment. What's it like if you start gazing around? What happens? So it's not that one thing right or wrong, but just to know the results of things. Walk and there's once again the very rhythm of it, the mind can really love and can really open and relax into. And if you're finding energetically that the energy is really up, walking can help because it it has more energy in it, so it can meet that experience. There's a lovely sutta, the Buddha, where the Buddha says, when you're running, you can think, well, why not walk? And when walking, why not stand? And when standing, why not sit? And when sitting, why not lie down? And a sense of not going from running to lying down, but a sense of a process of slowing and settling. Yeah, so we have times designated sitting, walking, but really do what works for you. We just need to respect the kind of coming and going times in the hall. But if you're sitting here and it's just, you know, knees are just going crazy. It can be helpful just to stand quietly in the hall too. So experiment with the postures. The, the encouragement is to cultivate mindfulness in all postures. And these are the classic four. But of course there's a trillion postures in between them. But to have these formally cultivated it just gives the mind more strength, so then 
later when you're standing at the sink washing dishes, the very quality of standing is imbued with this reflective presence. Yeah. So maybe enough on that. We'll we'll sit and open the time up for some question and answers. Um, if if people want to go and walk, be walking out, you're really welcome. For those who want to stay, it's great. Right? We're happy to answer any questions or open up the you know, room for discussion. Um, this afternoon, we just and I, at the first walking period, we'll be in, this, in the Founders Cottage in the first room, the Sun Porch, those that are new, and those that are new to the practice or new to our style of practice and would like to meet, just to talk through this beginning of the retreat, please feel welcome. I know there's some people for whom this is a first or second retreat, so it can be very helpful just to meet and talk things through. And there are some people that are new to our style of practice, so please feel welcome to come. Anything else about the, that? Just to emphasize that's the first walking period. Yeah, in, which in is the afternoon. 2.45. All right, so those who wish to please sit and those who want to go up for the walking period, Please feel welcome to. So we'll have some Q and A now for this this period. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org/donate.